The accounts you'll hear on Parsha Stories are original adaptations of the weekly Parsha. Enjoy! Come find out how the world began, how God created the sea and the land. You'll meet the Avod and the Imahod and a pillar of salt named Deshavlod. Mitzrayim's got a lot of wheat, find out why in Bereshit. This week's Parsha is Vayetze and picks up at Yaakov's fleeing from Be'er Sheva, from Kena'an, and running toward Haran, the place that his mother Rivka is originally from, the place where his uncle Lavan is living, and the place that Rivka tells him to go. And on his journey is a famous story of God appearing to Yaakov in the form of a sulam, a ladder, of angels going up to the heavens and coming down, and that story I told at Parshat Hashavua this week. But it's an important moment because that is the moment that Yaakov realizes that he doesn't actually have to be afraid of his brother Esav because God is with him, and that the promise that had been given to Avraham and Yitzchak before him would also be promised to Yaakov. I also told the story of how Yaakov arrives at Haran and he sees Rachel and he gets this super strength to push off a giant rock that would normally take everybody in the community all together pushing it off. Yaakov is able to push it all off by himself because he falls so deeply in love with Rachel that sometimes our emotions help us do supernatural, incredible things. And I also told the story of how Lavan agrees to take Yaakov in and says that he should get some compensation, some reward for his work in helping out around Lavan's house. And Yaakov says, the only compensation, the only reward I want is the ability to marry Rachel. And Lavan and Yaakov agree that Yaakov will work for Lavan for seven years. And then after the seven years, he would marry Rachel. But instead, as I told at Parshat HaShavua this week, the wedding ends with Yaakov taking off the veil and realizing that he had actually married Lavan's older daughter, Leah. Yaakov, of course, is upset that he was tricked, and he insists that he'll marry Rachel. And he marries Rachel, but has to agree to work for another seven years afterwards. And I had said during our all-school Parshat HaShavua that it was possible back then for a man to be married to more than one woman. It is no longer possible. Nowadays, people are only married to one other person at the very most, at least according to traditional Jewish law. But Yaakov was married to both Rachel and Leah. Now, as you can imagine, Yaakov loved Rachel and liked Leah. Leah has a lot of great qualities about her. She's considered one of the imahot, one of the matriarchs who really established the Jewish people at its very beginning, in its infancy. But Yaakov has been in love with Rachel, has been wanting to be married to Rachel for all this time, and is only married to Leah because he was tricked into it by his father-in-law slash uncle, Lavan. And so Leah feels left out, and she cries to God and says, God, can you help figure out a way for Yaakov to actually love me 
as much as he loves Rachel, and God sees how sad Leah is to be the second favorite wife. And it's sad to think that someone would be married to her that doesn't love her as much as he loves someone else. And so God gives her the great blessing of children. And Leah has a lot of children. First, Leah has a son, Ruvain, and then a son, Shimon, and then a son, Levi, and then a son, Yehuda. Four sons in a row. Boom, 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 boom. Just all of a sudden. And now Yaakov is spending a lot of time with Leah helping to raise these four boys who were just born very, very close in age to each other, one right after the other. And so Rachel looks at how Yaakov is spending more time with Leah because of the kids and says, oh, that is not fair. He loves me. He should be spending more time with me. Maybe if I had children of my own, then he would spend more time with me. But just like Rivka before her and Sarah before her, Rachel has trouble having children of her own. And so she has an idea, just like Sarah had this idea. She has the idea to have a surrogate, another person who would carry the children of Yaakov and that Rachel would raise. And so Rachel has Bilha, her handmaiden, be a surrogate with Yaakov so that they could have children together. And sure enough, two children are born to Bilha, Dan and Naphtali. And even though Bilha is their birth mother, Rachel gives them their names and they all kind of help raise these children together. So now Rachel says, oh, Yaakov is back spending time with me because we have two sons together and that's wonderful. And Bilha and Rachel and Yaakov, one happy family. And Leah looks over at Rachel and says, oh, I didn't realize that we were using handmaidens to help have more children. And Leah says, I have a handmaiden also, Zilpah. Would you please be a surrogate with Yaakov so that we can have more children together? And sure enough, Zilpah becomes pregnant and has two more sons of hers, God and Asher. And so now Yaakov is spending more time again with Leah and Zilpah and their six children combined, while Rachel and Bilhah only have two, Dan and Naphtali. But Leah actually doesn't stop there because as it turns out, Leah ends up having more children, another son, Yisachar, another son, Zvulun, and Yaakov's first daughter, Dina. And so if you're keeping score at home, this means that Leah has had six sons, one daughter for a total of seven children of her own, plus two sons with her handmaiden Zilpah, while Rachel is there with her two children that she's had with Bilha. It's kind of nine to two in favor of Leah. And Rachel is just so upset because she says, there's no way that I could ever get Yaakov's attention to be with me. He has nine children over there on Leah's side and only two with me. And even though he loves me more, if I don't have any children that were born directly to me, then there's no way he could possibly love me that much. And God hears Rachel's prayer, 
And finally, God gives Rachel the blessing of her own child, and she has Yaakov's 11th son, 12th child, but 11th son, and he is something really, really special to Yaakov. And he reminds Yaakov of his mother, Rachel. And he looks at this son, and they give him the name Yosef. And Yaakov agreed to work with Lavan for another seven years, so a total of 21 years that Yaakov lived in Haran. And he decided after all of that, you know, it's been a long time. It's probably about time for me to go back to Eretz Canaan, back to my homeland. And hopefully by now, Esav is gone. I won't have to worry about him as much. And I can reclaim my heritage, the promise that God had given to me of the Holy Land, the land of Canaan, which we now know as Israel. Because Yaakov was promised many things. Fame, fortune, children, and a land. And now he has children. He has 12 children. And we know that he'll end up having one more son with Rachel. Benjamin is the youngest son. He has the land waiting for him upon his return. And now, before he goes, he says to his uncle Levan, I would like my fortune that I am due. I've been working for you. I've been helping you ever since I've gotten here. Your flocks have been stronger. Your land has been better. Everything that I have done, God has blessed. And therefore, before I go back to the land of Israel, to the land of Canaan, I would like to bring back some of what I've helped you earn. And Levant says, of course, of course. Um, I got to tell you that the most valuable ones are the spotted and the striped and the dark-haired goats. They're the strongest, and those are the flocks that you want. Um, and so tomorrow morning, you can come and you can take any of the dark, spotted, striped, ones that you can see, and you can bring all of them with you. And Yaakov says, okay, that sounds very fair to me. And Yaakov wakes up the next morning and comes out, and he finds that all of the dark-spotted striped goats have actually been taken away. And uh, Levan's sons had rushed them up ahead and tried to get them away, because Levan is obviously a very, very tricky person, and not a very honest one. And Yaakov says, no problem, I know exactly what to do. And he figures out a way to paint some stripes and spots and dark colors on the white sheep and the white goats, and then figures out a way to get them to actually produce baby sheep and baby goats that have the stripes and the uh, spots and are more valuable and are stronger in that way. And so Yaakov says, I'm not worried about Levan's trickery, just like I used Levan's trickery when he made me marry Leah and Rachel to actually create a bigger loving family with 12 sons and one daughter, 13 children. I also am using Levan's trickery to my advantage to actually leave with the strongest goats, the best positioning, and he is on his way back to the land of Israel. So Yaakov's time in Haran, was very, very successful in helping him to become the next of the Avot, the next great patriarch. 
But his feelings of success are quickly ended when he realizes that on his way back, he actually is going to have to confront his brother Asav. And that is going to happen in next week's podcast, Parsha. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>